Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Did you know we release videos every week just for M Plus subscribers? To watch us answering your questions and showing you how to do things, head to the link in the episode description. Hello and welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. I'm Shazzy Hunt and on today's Ask an Expert episode, I want to delve into the topic of the skin microbiome. This is kind of an emerging topic in the public beauty forum, so you may or may not have heard of it before, but to help us figure out what the heck it is and why we need to know about it, I've called in the expertise of dermatologist Dr. Anita Patel, who is based at Complete Dermatology Bondi and has been in the industry for over 15 years. Dr. Patel, thank you for joining us to talk all things skin microbiome. Thank you for having me today. Let's start right there. What on earth is the skin microbiome? Okay, well, the normal skin microbiome is a complex interaction between millions of bacteria, viruses, yeasts, and some mites that live on our skin and in symbiosis with us, helping us deal with the outside environment, basically, and allowing our skin to remain healthy and non-inflamed. Is it okay that there are mites and viruses living on my skin right this minute? It kind of makes me feel a bit itchy. Yes, those mites and viruses and bacteria particularly are working in combination with the barrier function of our skin, with the oil barrier of our skin and the immune system of our skin to keep our skin healthy, actually. How does it keep our skin healthy? As you said earlier in your introduction, this is a very emerging topic and there is still a lot more to learn. We believe that when a baby is in utero and forming in the mother, the skin is sterile. As soon as the baby is delivered through the birth canal or even by cesarean section, the skin becomes colonised by a variety of organisms, microorganisms. And we believe those microorganisms interplay with the immune system of the skin to dampen inflammation when the immune system of the skin or the barrier function of the skin has been breached by a injury or a very dry or humid environment or a bacterial or other infection. So we believe these bacteria, virus and yeast, but we know most about bacteria, I believe, can help normalise the inflammatory reaction and normalise the barrier of the skin. So just to give you a very simple example, we know that patients who have eczema, dry, itchy, red skin, have increased numbers of a pro-inflammatory bacteria called Staph aureus. 
We know that by putting a normal skin flora bacteria or an isolate or a part of the normal skin bacteria onto the skin of inflamed eczema skin, that can actually dampen down the inflammation of eczema. That's just one very small example of how our normal microbiome helps us and our skin helps our skin stay protected and healthy in a lot of varying environments that humans are exposed to all the time. So one of the things that comes up when we're talking about skin microbiome is this idea of it being balanced. Why would we want to aim for balance in our microbiome? Well, the balance is there because if our skin barrier is breached, again, by a infection, a cut or a scratch or a trauma, then the immune system in our skin reacts by becoming inflamed. And that leads to increased heat on the skin, increased pro-inflammatory chemicals on the skin. And we might need those changes to occur to allow healing of a wound in those situations. But the healing process can spiral out of control unless once the wound is healed, active inflammation is dampened down. And the bacteria in our skin play a very big role in helping our skin immune system to dampen down that excess inflammation that may have a limited positive effect, but we don't want it to go on for too long. And that's what happens in a lot of our skin diseases, such as eczema or acne or rosacea, for instance. The active inflammation keeps going out of control. Would the presence of those kind of inflammatory conditions suggest then that the microbiome has become unbalanced? Yes, it does. Is there actually a test or other signs? No, there's no test at the moment. As I said before, it is still a very experimental area. It's very difficult to measure people's microbiomes and we believe that maybe it's even like a fingerprint in that everybody's microbiome is different and related to our genetics. So, you know, the gut is another area which is a lining that is exposed to our environment. And I think the microbiologists know that people's gut microbiomes are specific to people's genetics. So I suspect the same is going to be true for the skin microbiome, but we just don't have that information, data and knowledge at the moment. That's so interesting then because if it is so individualised, it means you can't just go, oh, we'll just give you this, that and the other (laughs) kind of bacteria to instantly rebalance your microbiome or try and bring it into order. So it's a very complicated issue. Very complicated, yes. And I think, again, the gastroenterologists are seeing that with oral probiotics because there's no one-size-fits-all. I'm so glad you brought up the P word because probiotic skincare is kind of the other area that is also being discussed a lot in beauty forums and goes alongside this issue. So first of all, tell me what your take is on probiotic skincare. What is it and what sets it apart to regular run-of-the-mill skincare? You're talking to a bit of a skeptic here. That's okay. (laughs) I'm just asking for your take on what it is and what it purports to contain or be able to do. So I believe that probiotic skincare has components of normal bacteria that live on our skin. As I've mentioned before, we know that breaking down some of those normal bacteria and applying them to the skin in inflamed skin 
can dampen down inflammation without requiring an active medical treatment. I'm afraid I don't have the exact ingredients of every skin probiotic that's purported to, you know, be good for the skin. At the moment, there just isn't enough controlled studies to compare standard skincare and, you know, what we've all been using for many years and know is active and has certain benefits for different skin disorders versus probiotic skincare. So we really need to look at a thousand people or five thousand people using one type of skincare. We need to treat the same number of people using a probiotic skincare. We need to treat the same number of people using a vehicle, for instance, just the basic mix with no active. And have investigators, scientists and doctors examine the skin texture, quality, inflammation, and you know, any other visible features of the skin and compare the three different groups of people. And unfortunately, a lot of companies get hold of a particular scientific fact that's in some of the journals and run with it without any clear scientific data and numbers. And it goes back to what you said before about everyone's microbiome makeup being so individualised that it's hard to imagine that a probiotic skincare that's kind of made blanketly to fit a lot of people will be able to help every single person's microbiome get to this peak balanced state. Yes, exactly right. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Thinking just about skincare in general, though, if you're trying to help out your microbiome, is there anything you can be doing from a skincare perspective in terms of particular kinds of products or active ingredients to look for? Well, I think the first thing is to make sure that if you have a skin disorder or disease, then that disorder or disease is accurately diagnosed and treated with medical treatments that we know have lots of science and data to back them up which can improve the skin. If you've sort of worked out that problem and your skin is normal, then the most important thing is to be kind to your skin. Don't over cleanse. Use a slightly acidic cleanser, which normalizes the acid-base balance. The surface of our skin is slightly more acidic than alkaline. So we, as dermatologists, prefer a slightly more acidic cleanser. A soap-free cleanser, soap is alkaline, so it actually harms the barrier function of the skin, makes it break down and therefore become inflamed and then make the microbiome disordered. So that's one thing. The other thing is try and keep the surface of the skin at an even temperature. So don't overheat or overcool the skin. If you are in situations such as exercise where your skin might be becoming overheated, try and cool the skin down, but don't use sudden changes of temperature. So don't cool it down with ice suddenly, 
but just cool water and allow gradual cooling. If you live in a very dry environment, then protecting or helping your barrier function reduce water loss and water evaporation allows the barrier function to stay intact and therefore not become inflamed. So they're topical measures. There are a lot of general health measures such as a good diet, regular exercise, low alcohol intake, all play a part in reducing the inflammatory response in the skin and therefore keeping our skin barrier healthy. What about in terms of um, topical active ingredients? Is there anything in that regard or is it more, as you were saying, kind of just being really careful to not aggravate the skin in the first place? So, yes, we know that there are active ingredients that improve the acid-base balance of the skin, as I was saying. One is um, a product called lactic acid, alpha-hydroxy acid, salicylic acid, azelaic acid. They're all useful in keeping the normal acid-base balance of the skin surface. I think the most important thing is making sure that if you have an inflammatory skin condition, which is part of your genetic makeup or your particular skin type, then that is treated because the better we can treat the inflammatory process on the skin, whether it be acne or eczema or psoriasis, the better we can allow the microbiome to become normal. How will you know if your microbiome is doing well and then on the flip side, if it's not going so well? Well, if it's doing well, you know, your skin looks healthy, it glows, there's no inflammation, there's no scaling, there's no inflammatory lesions like acne, there's no clogged pores. If you have a disordered microbiome, then you might see any of those signs on the skin. It can also feel disordered, it can feel itchy, it can feel sensitive, it can feel stingy and burning. I was also thinking about how over the past few years, we've all had to suddenly become very vigilant about hygiene. So whether that's increased hand washing or using sanitizer, obviously not as much on our faces, but on other areas of our body. What kind of effect would this have taken in terms of the overall skin microbiome, which is, you know, teeming with bacteria, as we said at the start? With regard to microbiome off the face, it's an area that has probably been studied less than microbiome on the face. Definitely with the constant use of hand sanitizer, we've seen a stripping of the oils and the barrier function of the skin. So the surface of the skin of the hands particularly becomes dry and cracked and then allows inflammatory irritants to set off the immune system to become inflamed and bacteria to get under the skin and become inflamed. The thing with the hands, however, is that we are constantly washing our hands. So the bacteria sit on our hands, they get washed off. They sit on our hands, they get washed off. Because our hands are in a different situation and the structure of the skin on our hands is different, I probably can't answer that question any more Mm. deeply than that. It was just something I was thinking about because I was like, if we're loving the bacteria that's happening on our face because it has all these potential benefits when it's in this perfect balance, I'm like, what about our poor hands where we've really been putting them actually through the ringer over the last two years? But that's interesting to know that, yeah, they're not necessarily the same makeup at all. I had just kind of thought, oh, it's skin, top to toe, it's all skin. The skin on our face And a little bit on our chest is very different from skin everywhere else in our body. Every episode of UBD ends with our expert confirming or denying a myth. So here's yours. The balance of the gut microbiome directly affects the balance of the skin microbiome. True or false? 
I think I would say yes, but it's not directly. There are a lot of complex interactions that go both ways between the skin and the gut. We know that people who ingest a high level of simple carbohydrates and sugars in the diet have a disordered gut microbiome and a more pro-inflammatory gut microbiome. And that leads to increased pro-inflammatory chemicals being released into our bloodstream, which produce inflammation of the skin, many different types of inflammation of the skin, increased blood flow on our skin and flushing disorders. So that's one way. The other way is overgrowth of a particular pro-inflammatory bacteria can lead to a form of rosacea with little pimple bumps, redness, sensitivity, and flushing. The other way is that increased sugars in the diet, once again, lead to pro-inflammatory bacteria in the gut, but also lead to increased insulin levels in our bloodstream. And we know that insulin is a growth hormone and insulin impacts on our skin by increasing activity of our oil glands, increasing inflammation on our skin and increasing a male type hormone, which is called androgen, particularly in females, which can then lead to a type of acne on the skin. Yes, I do believe there's a big association between gut inflammation and skin inflammation. If there was one food that you would be like, everyone eat this if you were trying to not just balance your microbiome, but just to get awesome skin, what is the food? What is the secret food? There is no one secret food. (laughs) Once again, it's a little bit like the microbiome. There's a complex interplay of multiple different types of bacteria that work together almost like a city to produce this good outcome for our skin. And it's the same with foods. It's um, many, many different types of plant matter all working together to create a complex interaction to create a good outcome for our gut and our skin. That's eat the rainbow as my kids are always, (laughs) I'm trying to impress on them, eat the rainbow. (laughs) Exactly, and not too much sugar. Yes, (laughs) not the Skittles rainbow, the vegetable rainbow. Exactly. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for getting us in the know on the skin microbiome and also discussing probiotic skincare. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. And if you're looking for another podcast, why not listen to What Are You Wearing? Take a listen. I was in high school. I think I was like 17. I was in year 12. And I walked into our local op shop and found a Louis Vuitton wallet. And I knew it was real because I know what to look for and what not to look for. And I don't think the service assistant even knew what I was looking at because it was like $7. Anyway, I lost it three weeks later. (laughs) No, you did not. You can check out What Are You Wearing anywhere you get your podcasts. Plus, Did you know that just by listening to Mamma Mia or clicking on our website, you're supporting girls in schools in some of the most disadvantaged countries in the world through Mamma Mia's partnership with Room to Read. We're currently funding 300 girls in school every day and our aim is to get to 1,000. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Shazzy Hunt. Our show producer is Michaela Floriano. And remember, we drop a new episode of You Beauty every weekday. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. Speak to you next time.